Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And they came out off the ground under the ocean. <gasps> uh, okay. But if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. And why would we care about that? Because the real question we should all be asking is... What about Godzilla? What about Godzilla? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas right now is Five Nights at Freddy's, right in time for Halloween. Lovely. In fact, this is our Halloween episode. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And the one movie that we've covered recently that isn't a horror movie or a scary movie. Uh, Well, I don't know. In a way. A a giant lizard chasing people around is pretty scary. I guess so. And they really are sort of going for the more horror approach to Godzilla than you typically would. Nuclear war is scary. It certainly is. It's something I'm scared of. Because this week, Manny D and I, we watched all the trailers (laughs) for Godzilla minus one. And we're here to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Oh, boy. We'll get it. Strap in. We, oh, man, it was such a struggle. It was such a struggle. Like, when I said that we were doing this last week, I didn't realise what a, what a hornet's nest we were kicking. <laughs> because there is zero, there is uh, minus one information <laughs> yes. on this movie out there currently. Yes. Uh, we'll get into how many trailers and the information in the trailers when we get to that section of the show. But, oh boy, oh boy. This might be one of the hardest predictions I personally ever had to do with something that actually has a trailer. And I use the term trailer loosely. We've done predictions with no trailers and I felt like we had an easier time than we did with this movie. Yes. Because I was thinking back to The Kitchen, Zombieland Double Tap, and I'm like, even with those, we had a rough idea of who the characters were, what was going to happen in the plot, the sort of formula we could follow. I mean, you could argue that Godzilla movies sort of follow a formula, but like, in a way, they don't. No. Like, you never really know what you're going to get with a Godzilla movie when you go in. If you've watched all of the 60s Japanese Godzilla movies, you have no idea what's going to happen. And this Godzilla movie feels and looks completely different to most other Godzilla movies out there. Absolutely. So, let's get into it. So, Godzilla minus one. So, this is the 37th Godzilla movie and the 33rd released by Japan's Toho Studios. So, it's the 33rd Japanese Godzilla movie and the 37th Godzilla movie overall. Cool. And uh, that 37 includes the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie as well. (laughs) But everyone likes to pretend that that doesn't exist. So, (laughs) this is the first Japanese Godzilla movie since 2016's Shin Godzilla. And of course, Shin Godzilla back in 2016 won Best Picture in Japan. And I think this one as well is vying for that uh, contentious role as well. Because the, the premiere, I believe the premiere of the movie was yesterday. Like, it wasn't premiered to the general public. It was premiered, I believe, to the press in preparation for their review, because I think the movie's due to come out in Japan on the 1st of November, so about two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. But, well, two weeks from the date of this recording. And, of course, the premiere was yesterday from the date of this recording, so the 18th of October. And I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter calling it a, quote, masterpiece. So that's interesting well, that's straight great. off the bat. That's great news. Now, I just want to call out Matty D straight away. Okay. Because, all right, let's get... This is usually the point where we dive into our histories of Godzilla. But, of course, we've covered Godzilla. We've covered two Godzilla movies on this show before. I want to know how many Japanese Godzilla movies <laughs> you've seen, Matty D. I have seen minus zero. Minus one Godzilla minus movies. One. So, you haven't seen any Japanese Godzilla movies? No. And then how many American Godzilla movies have you seen? Well, for the show, I've seen the ones two. that we've covered. Yeah, the two and then the Matthew Broderick ones. Look, these movies have never been... My cup of tea. I've never really that. loved monster movies, so... So, you're I, not the fan of this? No, and I can understand why people like it. They're great movies for that genre, but it's never been my thing. 
So we were telling you to back from Dude Cinema at the bar last week, mm-hmm. and Matty D was loudly proclaiming, I'm so tired of Godzilla movies. <laughs> and the whole time I'm biting my tongue, I'm like, I'll save it for the show. But I'm like, this motherfucker's seen like three. How many has Kieran seen on the other hand? 33. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. When I said I'm tired of seeing Godzilla movies, they're pumping out so many. I am tired of seeing them around. What, the two that you've fucking seen? The two that they've pumped out in the time that we've done this show? And that shitty Matthew Broderick one that we all saw back in the 90s? <laughs> wow, well, oh, that was must okay. be so that hard was okay. for Matty D. <laughs> it must be so hard for Matty D having to watch two Godzilla movies in the space of five years. Well, it, uh, it's going to be three now, so... Yeah, well, this is a Japanese one. It's a different kettle of fish. <laughs> it might actually have a chance of being half decent. Hey, look, to, hey, to its credit, it looks great. We had fun in the cinemas watching those other two we Godzilla did. movies. We did. It's only in retrospect when we have to come back and watch them a second time <laughs> that it starts to grate on you a little bit. So Yeah, sure. Just for retrospect and prosperity as well, I just want to, and full clarity, I just want to point out that we've covered 28 superhero movies on this podcast. Wow. Must be so hard for you, Matty D, <laughs> having to sit through two whole movies. See, I don't, I, why are you on my case here? I don't mind superhero movies. There's some variety in those. It's just like the, the Godzilla thing. Mm. Uh, okay. Mm. I'm not. Wow. But, but, but I say that and. I, I would watch a Godzilla movie any day of the week over a superhero movie. Really? To be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I think there's more variety in a Godzilla movie than there is a superhero movie. I'm. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. But what I will this say- This is why we're coming from two different <laughs> fan perspectives. What, what, what I will say is the trailer for this looks really, really good. It so does. I am- Those couple of seconds were really fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully ready to eat my words. I might be a Godzilla fan by the end of this. Who knows? Well, I've got to say Shin Godzilla is pretty good. I really enjoy that movie. The only issue I have with that movie is it's two hours and about an hour and a half of it is talking. Uh, they do it in, in a somewhat interesting way, but it's not great on a rewatch, I've got to say, right. like because I rewatched it for this episode. Like, uh, all the good that's going to do me. I, I love the- it looked visually cool, like the, the sort of design of Godzilla itself. Yeah, even back when we were talking to her the other night, said that she enjoyed Shin Godzilla yeah. as well, surprisingly yeah. enough. So wait, you've been, you've been sitting on this thing for like a week now? Because I'm like, that's show content. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking of the show, Karen. Exactly. But you've just been like biting your tongue, being like, oh, fuck, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must be so hard with two whole Godzilla movies. Oh, it's a burden, Karen, but someone has to do it. I mean, that is about mm, four hours of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, if you consider the, the actual spoilers <laughs> episode. But anyway, let's move on. So, yeah, Shin Godzilla, I think, was really good. And I think this movie is very much trying to do, like, a similar approach. Because up until this point, if you look at Godzilla, like, movies like Godzilla 2000, they were very sort of goofy and campy. Yeah. Even though back in the 80s Heisei era of Godzilla, they went back towards the more serious style with the Godzilla remake in, I think, like, 1983, 87. I can't remember exactly what year it was. That was the first time that they moved away from the 60s and 70s campiness and going back to a more serious thing in the same way that like James Bond does it from time to time. You know, they'll swing over to campy, then go back to serious. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They do the same thing with Godzilla movies. So the 2000s Godzilla movies were very much CGI heavy, really campy. Everyone, like all of the humans were super powered. It was like an episode <laughs> of Attack on Titan all of a sudden. And then with Shin Godzilla, that was the first time swinging back to like a serious, more horror approach to Godzilla. And that, like I said, ended up winning Best Picture. So, they're very much, again, doing that approach with this movie, I feel. I'm definitely not seeing any sort of level of camp in the, mm. in the trailers. Mm. And the humans don't look like they have any power or say into what's going to happen. No, they look very much like victims the whole time. Yes. Whoever they may be. And just to point out as well, as I said earlier, this is the first Japanese movie since 2016. First Japanese Godzilla movie since 2016. Because they weren't actually allowed to make a movie 
when uh, Legendary, as in the American studio Legendary, was making their Godzilla movies because they didn't want any conflicts. They didn't want audiences to be confused <laughs> as in what's going on in their monsterverse. But now that we've had like Godzilla versus Kong, I guess they're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. They can go back to making good Godzilla movies again. And I love it with this movie. They've came out and said that this isn't going to be part of any universe. That's right. Even A though strong stance on that. If you read any rumors about this movie online, yeah. so many people are just like, oh, this is the origin story of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ken Serizawa. <laughs> Was his name Ken Serizawa? Or was that his son's name? Uh, Ken Watanabe's character oh, from okay. the, the previous movie. You don't even remember. No. <laughs> okay. Must be such a- Too bird. many Godzilla movies, yeah, man. Must be so, oh, so many, so Godzilla-, many Godzilla movies to keep track of. <laughs> All those ones you've seen. <laughs> yeah. So the two you've seen, so hard to keep track of. <laughs> anyway, I said- Three? I was, what was the third one? The Broderick one. And let's not forget the Brian Cranston one. <laughs> the kick-ass one in 2014 as well that you suffered through. Yes. Now, this movie is being directed by Takashi Yamazaki, who is best known for his special effects heavy movies. So, this guy has won tons of awards, or at least he's been nominated for tons of awards for his special effects. So, at least we know that the effects are going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And for the most part, looking at them in the trailer, I'm like, yeah, look it looks great. pretty decent. Look great. So, in Shin Godzilla, they actually had, like, a suit. For as much of that movie was CGI, they actually had moments in that that look really fantastic. I'm like, the CGI is really good. Turns out it was a suit the whole time. I was just That's like, oh, awesome. there you go. But this one is just a fully 3D rendered Godzilla, which is one of the few times in the Japanese Toho run that they've ever done like a full-on 3D CGI Godzilla. But I don't think people would really accept it like a guy in a giant suit stomping around a miniature city in 2023. I don't know. I actually kind of want to see that. I do too, actually. With a big budget, you could do that really, really well. Yeah. But we're not getting that, so let's not look forward to that. So, But this guy is known for his special effects. He's sort of like the... Uh, who was the guy who directed Rogue One and Monster? Oh, Gareth Edwards. There right. you go. He's sort of like the Japanese Gareth Edwards. So cool. he's, he's uh, really passionate about... He does all the special effects himself, I believe, or at least he has his own production studio that he's the head of. So he's very much aware of how to work special effects into movies in a, in a seamless way. Right. So this is going to be a very visually spectacular movie. I hope so. <laughs> I haven't seen too much of it to tell you, but what I've seen looks interesting. <laughs> Now, this is the second one of Yamazaki's movies to feature Godzilla, since Godzilla had a cameo in his movie, Always Sunset on 3rd Street 2. Oh, what was the cameo? Well, just Godzilla turns up in the movie, in a dream (laughs) sequence. So, the movie starts with a dream sequence with Godzilla coming in and rampaging around Tokyo, but the main character just wakes up. It's a a drama. The thing is, like a romantic drama, (laughs) and it starts with Godzilla. And that that was the first time ever that Godzilla has appeared in a movie officially outside of his own canon of movies. Really? Yeah. Not as like a joke or a cameo or something? Well, it's an official cameo. Like, can you think of any other time that Godzilla has had a cameo in a movie? No, I can't. This was the first time in some drama movie. (laughs) So, this guy, this this director loves Godzilla movies. So, he's always- He directed the Godzilla ride in Tokyo. So, there's a big Godzilla ride that like- There's a giant Godzilla sort of um, model- it's like life-size model and like a roller coaster goes into his <laughs> mouth and I believe there's some sort of movie element in there as well with a CGI Godzilla. Wait, where do, where do you come out? I think the ass. <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> shits you I out. can't be sure. I don't think there actually is like a full-on body. It's not like Godzilla's lying prone on the ground, <laughs> you know, with his ass up in the air and the roller coaster goes in through the mouth and out through the ass. I think it's just a big head that's sticking out of the ground and you go in through the mouth of the head and there's some sort of element. I haven't been to Japan haven't been to any theme parks in Japan, so I don't know too much about it. This is just from what I've read. <laughs> so, speaking of, what do we know about this new movie so far? And do we know anything? <sighs> very, very little. Uh, did you have any history that you wanted to say before we keep going? We've covered our histories yeah, before. Cool. So, right. I already mentioned I've seen almost all of the Japanese Godzilla movies. There's like one or two in the 2000s that I don't think I've seen. 
But for the most part, I saw all the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s ones. And we know that Matty D's seen like four American ones. This is his first ever Japanese yes. Godzilla movie. Yes. What a different experience this is going to be. It will be. Because they are very different movies. Yeah. But yes, what do we know about this movie? So, well, okay. There are two tr- teaser trailers for this movie. And there is one actual trailer. Yes. And what we see in these trailers are- Is Godzilla. We see Godzilla, yes. I thought that was Godzilla just then. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna there go. was just like a shadow that came. I think it was a plane, right? Yeah, a plane just flew over, <laughs> but the whole room went dark for a second. And both Benny and I panicked <laughs> for about a quarter of a second. Well, you know when technical stuff happens, you just instantly like, oh no, what happened? Like yeah. instantly I'm like, what happened? What, what is there like is there a power thing? What's happening? Even though it's during the day. Yeah. Silly me. We don't even have lights on. <laughs> just a natural reaction. Yeah. So Yes, we have a trailer for this movie. There's a lot of action that's happening. Uh, this is taking this movie is taking place after the events of World War Two, so it's the yep. aftermath well, of, of them World are. War Two. Well, all of them are, but just right after <laughs> yeah, World yeah, War Two. I gotcha. So Japan is, from what we can tell, or what we know actually, is is sort of a struggling country at this stage. They've been defeated. They're yeah. economically stressed. There, two of their major cities are gone. Yes, <laughs> and. You know, now they have to worry about this, you know, prehistoric lizard coming around to kill them. So, yeah. what we see is just a lot of Godzilla destroying towns, boats, people, and a lot of people screaming and reacting to and it. Dead bodies. And dead bodies. Which is rare for Godzilla movies. Again, there's no information about this. The 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 little info that's out there just says takes place after World War II, Godzilla's doing his thing, everybody's screwed. I do actually have a synopsis from Toho themselves. Let's hear it. After the war, Japan's economic state has been reduced to zero. Godzilla appears and plunges the country into a negative state. The end. That's Great. It. Great. I figured that. You, I, I wouldn't even need a trailer to figure that. <laughs> this movie has Godzilla in it. Yeah. Again, this is very much an approach that they do with Japanese movies. It's not the big sort of hubbub and trying to sell every aspect of the movie and just spoiling everything outright in the trailers. It's very much about minimalism. It's very much about trying to actually get people to go see. Th- they don't need to sell this movie. It's a Godzilla movie, Matty D. They're the That's movies true. that make the most money in That's Japan. True. So they don't need to say anything except for there's a new Godzilla movie coming and then people are like, shit, give me tickets now. Not always the case in the US, but they're not selling this to a US audience. <laughs> Even though US audiences are very excited for this, it's getting a release on, I believe, December 1st. In the US. I don't know if that's the same in Australia or the UK or anywhere else in the Western world, but eh. uh, it might be November 11th that it's coming out in Japan. Who knows? I don't have any of this written down. I'm just going from memory. But yes. So, they don't really need to sell this movie in the same way that they would like uh, a Marvel movie or like some random Santa Claus killing people movie. <laughs> We've covered two on this show. Well, there's so many. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm getting sick of Santa Claus killing movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've got to say, because the information is so scanty- this has been one of the most difficult plot predictions I've ever done on this show. This has been so stressful, Kieran. I think yes. we should talk about it now and just be open with it. But this was so hard. Yes, I know. I have watched this trailer, this one trailer, yes. so many times. The music of the trailer, which is awesome, by the way, is stuck in my head because I just kept watching it and watching it and what watching was the it. the music? And watching I don't it. remember. It had this like dramatic music where oh, yes, know, yeah. everything's getting torn it apart. It sounded like Shin Godzilla music. And it was... It was just so stressful trying to put the pieces together and trying to work out who these characters are, what they're doing, what's going to happen, how they get to this point, how they get to the other point. It felt like doing a thesis. <laughs> I haven't struggled this hard with a plot prediction since we started this yeah, show. I, like, I felt like I was back in Captain Marvel days. Yes. 
I feel like this is going to be like Hellboy days where we had like no idea what we were doing. <laughs> it definitely reminded me of our early episodes. Yeah. I definitely, you know, it was it felt really familiar to those times, maybe because it, we didn't know the formulas. We hadn't worked out our styles yet. But, it, God, this was hard, Kieran. Yeah, like I said, I didn't realise how hard this was going to be when I announced that we were going to do this last yes. week. And so when I sat down to actually write my plot, I was just like, fuck. I had like- There's f- no information. So I got up and I paced around the house <laughs> just with my hand on my chin going like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I had to force myself. <laughs> Like, think, come on, you've done this a million times. <laughs> this is episode 250, by the way. Hey, congratulations. You've done this at least 140 times before. I had like five tantrums writing this movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I started writing it and I was like, fuck, and I deleted the whole thing. I had so many drafts. I'm like, I'm starting again. This is shit. And then the next draft like, would be bad and I'll be like, what I was like, we start in 1945. Backstage, backstage, backstage. <laughs> we start in 19- starts as well like we start in 1950. Backspace, backspace. We now start in 1948. Backspace, backspace. I couldn't decide when this movie was set because we don't know. No, I mean, a safe assumption is 1945, but it could be like a little while after 1945. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know anything. Um, so have you heard? And we this don't is even a- know who the characters are. No, no. I, I just doesn't wanna- matter for a Godzilla movie. We've said in the past the human characters don't matter in a no. Godzilla movie. The problem is with the Japanese movies. Sometimes they do. <laughs> In a movie like this, with presumably with just Godzilla bouncing around by himself, I'm not seeing any evidence otherwise. Why wouldn't they sell the movie on him fighting another monster if there is that element? Yeah, Shin Godzilla didn't have that, so I'm presuming they're going to do the same again. Well, have you heard- the human characters have to be the focus in this because we have to see the impact that Godzilla has on the the on the world on the world on on, on, on the country Tokyo. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of that, have you heard of the rumor slash potential leak? It's it doesn't play in my plot because I don't see any evidence of it. Yeah, but I, I did look at a few potential leaks, but yeah, what were you going to say? There's a big rumor that there's going to be a a, a second Godzilla. A second Godzilla, yes. And there are people that are breaking down the trailer and saying, oh, you know, this what this Godzilla is slightly scarred. This Godzilla isn't. I'm yeah. not seeing any evidence of that in no, this trailer, so I've left that alone. But people think that there might be- The big twist is going to be it's going to be two Godzillas. I actually talked about that a little bit in my plot. Okay. So I'm going to talk about my thoughts on that when I talk about my plot. But yeah, I did hear that persistent rumor. But yeah, quite like you, I looked at that and I was like- there's, there's no, no evidence. There's no evidence of that. And they're also pairing that with this being an origin story for Serizawa. Which there's no evidence for that the either. The legendary pictures. And we know that this is not connected to yeah. the legendary pictures. Well, he said he said there's no connections with any movie, right? That's right. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's not connected. It's a standalone Godzilla movie. Correct. Which Shin Godzilla was as well. Yeah. So. And I think he was just trying to make it clear that this is not a sequel to Shin Godzilla or a prequel to Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. It clearly isn't because Godzilla is completely different mm-hmm. in every way. And in, in that Shin movie. Godzilla, we saw it evolve as well. So, it correct. would make sense. Correct. So, it was only born and created within the world of that movie. And that was set in 2016. So, yeah. this is clearly not 2016. <laughs> Unless it's his, his father, his grandfather or something. Yeah. Well, if, the, if people's two Godzilla theories is going to be correct, who knows? So, let's talk about who's in this movie. Let's do it. <laughs> this is going to be interesting Good because uh, none of these actors I've really seen before except for one. And they're not going to be really familiar to a Western audience unless you're like really heavily into Japanese films, which my guess is our audience isn't knowing our audience. Our audience is watching Halloween Kills and uh, <laughs> Tenet over Japanese movies. So, this is going to be interesting to explore. But we have to, we kind of have to go into who's playing who in order to work out who's who in the future when mm-hmm. we finally watch the movie. So, playing the character of Koichi is Ryonosuke Kamiki. Now, he's a well-known former child actor in Japan. 
that's pretty much all I can tell you about him. So he's been in films for a very long time. A lot of these actors have, in fact. So next up playing the character of Noriko is Minami Hamabe. Now, she's a well-known TV and movie actor in Japan. She got her start as a teenager. Don't know anything about her personally. Are we sensing a trend here? So, next up playing the character of Shiro is Yuki Yamada. Now, he's part of a male acting troupe known as D-Boys. That's so cool. Didn't realize you had a male acting troupe over in Japan, Matty D. you know, we have connections everywhere. Well, there you go. So, next up playing the character of Kenji is Hidetaka Yoshioka, who's a well-known former child actor in Japan. (laughs) And he appeared in Kira Kurosawa's Rhapsody in August, as well as Matadeo. I haven't seen either of those Kira Kurosawa movies personally. I'm a more sort of 70s Kira Kurosawa, 60s Kira Kurosawa fan. Haven't seen any of his 90s stuff. So, finally, last but not least, playing the character of Sosaku is Munetaka Aoki, who I have seen before in Battle Royale 2. She was one of the school students in that. Oh, she was in that? Yep. Cool. As in the Japanese Battle Royale 2, not the American (laughs) Battle Royale 2. Yeah. Nobody should be watching the American Battle Royale movies. (laughs) Is there even a Battle Royale 2 in America? I think there might be. I don't know. I've only seen the Japanese Battle Royales. Yeah, well, they're good. You remember the second one? The second one was kind of weird, wasn't it? No, not off the top of my head. I remember the first one. The first one is very memorable. Yes. Based on that graphic novel. But the second one, I remember like the military was involved. It was very kind of strange. They like all had collars on their necks again. Well, that's just a Battle Royale movie. Anyway, moving on. That's everyone who I wanted to cover in the cast. There was one or two actors in there that I didn't mention, but that was just depending on how much they were in the trailers. So, if they appeared in one shot in the trailer, sorry, you're not getting mentioned. <laughs> if you appear twice, great, you're getting mentioned. You're in. You're a main character if you appeared twice. So, let's get into our plots. And I have a feeling, I have a very strong feeling that we're not going to have long plots this week. <laughs> Had given- you- that we have not. How'd you guess? How'd you guess, Kieran? This is the shortest plot that I've written for years because I was just like, oh, I'm so scared to write something because I know I'm going to be wrong. <sighs> Look. Which one of us we're, is going to We're first? not going to call this plot. I know that's safe to say. We'd be very lucky we to call nothing. it. We have nothing. We have nothing. We don't. I love the preamble because we've got nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we'd have covered most of the show content before we get to the plot predictions. Because these are going to be short. Just be like, oh, anyway, got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're recording this on a Saturday. We've got a full weekend ahead of us. It's only Saturday morning. Yep. So we've got other shit to do. So I might as well have like an early day, an early mark this week. We haven't even said. Just like- use your imagination to think about what's going to happen in the Godzilla movie and we'll, we'll go. All right. I'll go first. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first since I have nothing. Well, I right. have nothing. Well, I've got nothing either. So no pressure. I'm so excited to hear what you have, Manny D, because it's going to be. A hundred percent different to me, and the characters are going to be different, and what's going to happen is going to be different, and the background's going to be different. I can't wait. It's going to be two completely different special episode Godzilla plots because we just made these up <laughs> from nothing. All right, take it away, Kieran. Good so, luck. Good luck to you, sir. Thank you. So I think we'll start with text on a black screen explaining that right after World War II, Japan was left with nothing. So they're in a devastated economic state. Quite like we see in the trailers. I really like that element in the trailer, so I kind of want to cool. see the movie open. Sort of like a Blade Runner opening, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I totally get you. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then this will be followed with our title, Godzilla Minus One. So when they say that, you know, Japan has fallen into a negative state or into uh, a state of nothing, that's when we get the title Godzilla Minus One. Because we haven't really explained the title, why it's called Godzilla Minus One. That's a Japanese thing, right? Yeah, it very much is a Japanese thing. So, when they do prequels in in sort of like modern times, when they do prequels to things, they'll like set the number before the first installment. So, let's say, for example, the only thing I can think of is like Yakuza. Yakuza, With, yes. with the Yakuza series, when they did the prequel to the first game, they called it Yakuza Zero because it was set before the first game. 
And I guess with this one, because it's set before the first Godzilla movie in a way, or, or starting fresh, they're calling it Minus One. So that makes it clear to general audiences that it's before, it's like an origin story of Godzilla, and they're starting with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to have seen any of the other Godzilla movies. This isn't Godzilla 24 <laughs> or 33, as the case may be, but not like they've ever used numbers on any of the movies before. Actually, I tell a lie. There was Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. There's actually two Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 movies in the Godzilla franchise. It gets very confusing. <laughs> because they rebooted the series in the 80s. Yeah. And I guess this title as well plays into, as you said before, the, the, the sort of s- status of Japan at yeah, this that's time right. as well. So they're plunging Japan into a negative state. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point of minus one. Plunging my attitude into a negative state while yeah. I was trying to figure out this prediction. <laughs> so look at me padding. <laughs> so we cut to I Japan. Love this so much. We cut to Japan in 1947. There we go. I decided on a year you finally. You said on 1947. So two years, well, a handful of years, I said after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And as a country, as I've already explained, Japan has been devastated and we see people desperately trying to pull their lives back together. So here we meet a teenage Koichi and his girlfriend Noriko and their school friend Shiro. <laughs> cool. They're all that's, friends. That's, that's how easy. I, that's how I tied them together. I'm like, oh, they got this this connection. They all grew up in the same town. Mm-hmm. These kids went to school together. That's their that's how they know each other. Okay. In the actual movie, they, there's every chance that they might not know each other at all. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I guessed uh, Koichi and Noriko are a couple as well. There you go. So we're, I think that's a good guess. They it's, could, a, it's a guess. But the thing is, I looked at all of the surnames. I'm like, doesn't look like any of them are related. So they're not married or related. Yeah. But here's the thing with Japanese names. Sometimes there's no family name. Okay. Like people will just have like their own independent names even within a family which makes it very confusing. So they could be related and we just might not know. But for the sake of ease, Noriko and Koichi, they're a couple. <laughs> Love it. So Koichi's father was killed during World War II and his mother, Sakura, is the only family he has left. And his friends, of course, as well. They're family in a different way. Meanwhile, we cut to a fleet of battleships way out in the middle of the ocean. On one of the ships, we meet scientist Kenji, who has been sent by the Japanese government to investigate a series of strange seismic activities in the area. The Japanese government is concerned about US nuclear weapons testing in the area, of course you'd be, (laughs) and have sent Kenji to allay their fears. Kenji is joined by naval commander Yoji, who seems sceptical of the whole mission. So they're like, oh, I don't know why we're out here. There's nothing out here. World War II is over. Uh There hasn't been anything for two years. The only thing you might find is like Japanese holdouts (laughs) who think the war's still going on. That was originally my plot. I thought of that too, I by thought, the way. I thought that like the, the men in the, the warships were yes. going to be like holdouts from World War or II. Or Kyochi, just like, because he's in military gear as well. Yoji. At one stage. Kyochi, yeah. Yoji. He's like the military man. I was thinking of somebody else, but he's also in military outfits. Oh, as there well. is a character called Koji, isn't there? Uh, Kyochi. Kyochi. Oh. <laughs> Uh, is Koichi? I think I think Koichi. You, you think of Koichi? Isn't he in military? In he, he is at one point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought initially. So sorry to interrupt your plot there. All good. I originally thought that there were going to be like Japanese World War Two holdouts versus yeah. Godzilla, but then rewatching it, I'm like, it uh, doesn't really seem to be the case. Who knows? We don't know anything. <laughs> so all seems quiet until one of the battleships is attacked by none other than Godzilla, who rises out of the water and tears the ships apart with his claws. Yoji orders their ship to open fire on the giant lizard, but their guns seem to have no effect on it at all, as is standard with any Godzilla movie that isn't the Matthew Broderick one. (laughs) So Godzilla attacks their ship, and Yoji tells his men to abandon ship before it's blown up by Godzilla's nuclear breath. 
Now, this is all happening within the first 15, 20 minutes, yep. even though it's only taken me like less than five minutes to explain it. But it's going to be more spectacular, grandiose. There's going to be gonna more conversations. Time. We're going to linger on things more. Slow motion. Apply that to my entire plot. <laughs> okay, cool. As long as you apply it to my plot too. So Kenji and another nameless sailor are the sole survivors of the attack, and they realize with horror that Godzilla is headed straight for Tokyo with no one to warn them. So their ships were destroyed before they could put out like a distress call. So it's going to be very much a very much an unmitigated attack. Right. No prior warning. Quite like something else that happened in Japan right before this point. Very nice. See the, the, the parallels I'm trying to draw here. So the government soon gets wind of the kaiju attack and goes into a chaotic frenzy. So they, they realize like, holy shit. These ships are, are no longer around anymore. What are we going to do? And, you know, they're running around. There's people pushing papers back and forth. There's, you know, bureaucrats yelling at each other. It's standard in all Godzilla movies. So since Japan was demilitarized after World War II, they barely have a force to defend themselves from the monster. So they have no army, really. They have no, like... Which makes them very vulnerable. Absolutely. They're, they're most vulnerable in history at yeah. this point. Which is what's so cool about setting this movie at this time. Because what can they do? Yeah. It's like War of the Worlds. You know I what mean, I mean? Their weapons would be useless anyway, but... Yeah. Now they don't even have that. Exactly. Which, again, is something very fresh for a Godzilla movie. Because it's very much like in the modern Godzilla movies, like Japan has like every conceivable weapon, yeah, no demand. They just bomb the shit out of him. Absolutely. But they can't do that. Well, what's funny is in Shin Godzilla, they actually have to call the US to bring a nuke to bomb Japan. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic. Well, that's the, whole, <laughs> that's the whole point of that movie. But yeah, it's kind of like War of the Worlds, if you know the H.G. Yeah, Wells Yeah, I was actually thinking of that on the car ride here, the parallels between this movie and War of the Worlds. Because that's set in like the late 1800s. So mm. we're barely out of cowboy times. And then super advanced Martians come to Earth and invade. And they literally have no defenses against them. Like they have cannons and like uh, musket guns, <laughs> like the ones that you have to like pump to reload. <laughs> yeah, it's very much going to be like that with this movie. I like to think as well. Padding, padding. Padding. Koichi gets caught up in Godzilla's rampage. Whoa, I missed a whole part here. So, meanwhile in Tokyo, life is carrying on as per usual until a fishing boat is violently flung into the harbour. So, nice. while like we see in the trailer, like everyone's just chilling out, walking down the street, and then suddenly like a fishing boat just goes, smashes into the <laughs> harbour because Godzilla just chucked it. So, Godzilla bursts out of the ocean and starts lumbering onto land, destroying everything in his path. This is the point where the government starts going into a frenzy. I don't want to go back and, and backtrack, but uh, yeah, that's right. where of we course, have all that this makes point. sense. Godzilla's here. They're all freaking out. They don't know what to do. That's right. So Koichi gets caught up in Godzilla's rampage, but manages to avoid being crushed by debris. So he has to run for his life, but he manages to go left while Godzilla's going right. Mm -hmm. So during this whole attack, reporters gather on a rooftop of a tall building to film the destruction and give constant radio updates. So they're the ones getting the words out to the public. And that's how the government as well can sort of track what's going on with Godzilla. Yeah. So Koichi makes his way through the streets to Noriko and the two plan to evacuate Tokyo by train. But as the train makes its way through the city, Noriko looks out the window and sees Godzilla approaching in the distance. Godzilla strides his way towards them, <laughs> bumping over the Tokyo clock tower with one of his massive thighs. <laughs> so glad he has the thunder thighs. Those thick thighs, boy. That has uh, been popularized by Shin Godzilla. And they sort of copied that in the legendary movies as well with uh, what they call Thick Godzilla. You know, the American- <laughs> Chubby Godzilla. They call him Chubby or Thick Godzilla, <laughs> which I love. Because he's got a bit of a belly as yeah, well. You know. So Godzilla approaches the train bridge, biting down on a passing train and flinging it through the air. The train lands on the tracks in front of Koichi and Noriko's train, causing a huge crash like it's the end of Bullet Train. Koichi and Noriko crawl out of the wreckage and have to flee for their lives to avoid being crushed by Godzilla's frankly huge feet. <laughs> this Godzilla has the biggest feet I've it ever does. seen. It's terrifying. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be. 
A small military fleet arrives and attacks Godzilla. So maybe they have one of those like little cars with like the missiles on the back that mm-hmm. fire out, you know, yeah. those ones, and attacks Godzilla, causing the monster to fly into a rage. He swings his tail around, demolishing buildings like a hot knife through butter. Godzilla finally wraps up his rampage by blasting the city with his nuclear breath, mm. reducing the area to ashes. Satisfied with the mess he's made, Godzilla wanders off. <laughs> Noriko is killed by falling debris during the blast, oh, and no. Koichi is left to scream out in anguish as ash falls around him. Which we see in the trailer. That's right. Without context. <laughs> that little snippet in the trailer there. Yes. So, meanwhile, Kenji returns to dry land and returns to the government to make a report. We learn around this point that US nuclear testing at Bikini Atoll has disturbed Godzilla. That's why my plot was set in 1947 and not 1945. Nice time there. Sending him fleeing in the direction of Japan. So, as we know, the Bikini Atoll is in the Pacific Ocean between the US and Japan. Mm -hmm. That's where the US started doing their nuclear testing in 1947. In my plot, this nuclear testing in the middle of the ocean- Awakened Godzilla. Awakened Godzilla, and he was just like, oh shit, and fled. I almost did the same thing, by the way. Oh, there you go. And he just went in the direction of Japan, and that's just like- yeah, it's just where he's directing his his anger and his grief, I suppose. And in a way, it's sort of tying into that whole message as well. America's nuclear involvement affecting Japan, blah, 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 blah. So, Kenji theorizes that the best course of action would be to lure Godzilla back out into the ocean and lead him back towards his home territory. So, like, if we send him back the other way, he's going to leave us alone at least. <laughs> Let's have, like, a pork chop on a piece of string while we, like, fly out and Godzilla will, like, chase after um, him into the water. You're preempting my friend. <laughs> <laughs> So, looking to fight back against the monsters that caused them so much grief, Koichi and his friend Shiro decide to join the military. Upon learning about this decision, Koichi's mother Sakura is furious and tells him that he'll end up just like his father. She's like, you just want to throw your life away like your father did. Does she call him a disgrace? She does. She says, you're a disgrace. It's not going to help anything. And uh, I think this is around the point where Koichi will be like, Godzilla will never forgive us for what we've done to him. (laughs) What have we done to him? Uh, We've got him pissed off. (laughs) So Koichi, or maybe speaking generally as the human human, race. Humanity has pissed off Godzilla. Correct. And I don't even know if it was Koichi who says that in the trailer. I thought it was Koichi as well. Well, maybe. So Koichi tries to tell Sakura that it's the right thing to do as they stand in the wreckage of their former home. There we go. Some nice symbolism there. So, prompted by the government, Koichi and Shiro are put on a team with Kenji. Kenji's big plan is to lure Godzilla back out into the ocean with a small fishing trawler. Once Godzilla (laughs) is far enough away from Japan, the US military will swoop in and drop a nuke on him. Lovely. Why not? Why not? (laughs) This is the point where I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Clumps of hair in your hand and you're just like, ah, this will do. So, using a huge hunk of whale meat tied Mm -hmm. to a steel wire, Koichi, Kenji and Shiro head out in the fishing boat dragging the meat behind them. <laughs> so exactly what you joked about. So Godzilla, attracted by the meat, <laughs> soon goes after them. He's like, I was fucking hungry. <laughs> I'll chase that. So in previous Godzilla movies, Godzilla typically feeds on radiation. Uh-huh. So he'll go to like a nuclear power plant and like crack it open and just suck up the yeah. nuclear energy. But he has been known to eat whales in the past. So that's yeah. why I worked that in. And that's the only thing like big enough to attract him. Because if you put like a little fish on the end, he's not going to notice that. <laughs> or a pork chop, as you said. Unless it's a radioactive pork chop, then maybe. Yeah, maybe it's a radioactive whale. Could be. Bombings or something. They probably already exist in Japan. (laughs) So, with Godzilla going after their boat like Jaws, Shiro shoots at Godzilla with a mounted gun, but of course the bullets have no effect on him at all. There's this great shot in the trailer, and I don't know where it fits in in the context, where Godzilla has like a smoldering face where he's either been like blown up by something or he's been shot at by something, and he just sort of like grins. He's just like, (laughs) 
you guys don't know shit. <laughs> and again, that happened in Shin Godzilla as He well. was talking to us directly. Yes, he was. <laughs> now, as we've already mentioned at the start of the episode, there has been a long-running rumour that a second Godzilla is going to appear in this movie and right. fight the main Godzilla, giving us our one of our first Godzilla versus Godzilla battles. But I don't think that this is that kind of movie. I don't think they're going for the whole, like, spectacle. I mean, I could be eating my words. No, I agree with you. For what it's worth, I agree with you. They're not going for the spectacle of two monsters fighting. It's about... It's it's an allegory for warfare and yeah, the consequences so, of war. From what I understand about those Twitter sort of early reactions to the movie, the movie has a very sort of anti-war message. So, wouldn't it muddy the, the message yes, a bit if you had two would. monsters like clashing against each it other? It would, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I don't really think that's this kind of movie, but we don't know. I mean, it could be. We both could be eating our words, but I agree with you. I think if they do that, it's just going to make it into another monster, big monster bash spectacle. And this whole thing's about, right, Japan recovering from the devastation of war. If Godzilla represents nuclear war or atomic war, then that impact on the population. And if you have two Godzillas fighting each other, yeah, it's cool, but what does it mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this does kind of make it very similar to Shin Godzilla, but like we said, that movie was a massive success mm. and was lauded as best picture of that year in Japan. Yeah. So, why wouldn't they do something similar again? So, instead, I think that Koichi, Shiro, and Kenji will sacrifice themselves for the greater good, luring Godzilla directly into the path of a nuclear bomb and seemingly vaporizing him. Seemingly vaporizing Seemingly. Like, he looks like he's dead, but he may come back in a sequel. So, let's not forget in the 1954 Godzilla movie, I think it was 54 when it came out, Godzilla is reduced to bones at the end of that movie, yet still comes back in a sequel (laughs) to fight uh, Baragon or whoever it was in that second movie. So, our heroes will be affected by the fallout, so they don't get, like, blown to bits by the bomb, but they're, like, they're killed by the the nuclear fallout, causing all the children in the audience to develop a fear of nuclear holocaust, (laughs) like I did growing up. And that is my movie. Wow. How'd you feel after that? Not confident at all no else this is going to be a frozen two circumstance where like if i get one or two things in this movie i'll be happy and if it's a good movie i'll be happy either way i'm the godzilla fan here so i'm looking forward to a decent godzilla for a change not that i didn't enjoy the two american godzilla movies that we covered on the show when i watched them in cinemas but you know those are arguably not great movies and they're not great godzilla movies let's move on to maddie d's mess yeah, let's move on to my mess. Now, as I've said throughout the episode, I had no idea doing this. Godzilla's doing destruction, this his wake, is not going to look anything as bad as our plots. <laughs> yeah, no, not as at all. As messy as our not plots. Not at all. And I'm kind of felt, I'm kind of relieved a little bit that you had as hard a time as I did oh, because yeah. I stressed and strained so much about this. And what it boiled down to is there are things that are happening in the trailer that I can't kind of place. There's there's yeah. this whole like seemingly village that the military are involved in. That's right. And then trying to piece that with what's happening in Tokyo when I assume it's Tokyo where it is you know, Tokyo. Godzilla is stomping around destroying it and piecing that into what's happening out into the boats. Yeah, uh, it was so hard. It was, it was so hard and I ummed and ahed about where this movie would start, how this movie would start, yeah. where it's going to go and ultimately I think it's sort of going to be almost two parts where we have the main characters on the military going out to Godzilla 
first part, and then the second part's going to be Godzilla coming to them, destruction of the town. The other yeah. thing that I really was playing so with- same as same as what I approached. Yeah, it. essentially. Essentially. I think that's a safe bet. It's like the Jaws yeah, well, formula, right? Jaws is the other way around. Well, it's the other way around, but you know- how I initially thought we were going to start on land and then the, they take the battle out to sea, but then mm. I was like, it's nicer if they fail at defending the Japanese coastline from Godzilla. He breaks through their defences, and that's ultimately what causes the destruction of Japan. Yes. It becomes a tragedy that way. Yes. We could be wrong. We could, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm on the same page there. So that was kind of an issue in, in making my plot. The other thing as well is I, I thought, oh, maybe this plot will start at World War II- Okay, and then and then we see like the after effects afterwards, and something happens. Something that happens to uh, World War Two, like the bombs being dropped and things like that, is what mm. awakens Godzilla. Fastos is there crying with a bow tie. <laughs> exactly, he he has a cameo there. But the thing I think, and I feel semi strongly about this, is I think this movie is about the effects of war, not necessarily war itself. Correct. So I don't think anything in this movie will take place during the war at all. No. I think it'll be after the war and. The only information we have on this movie is that it's set in post-war Japan. Yeah. So it can't be during the war. But I think I think the the message they're going to give is the effects of war, the effects war has on people, mm. the effects of the, of the destruction of war, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where I was going in. And another another thing I just wanted to say as well, the continual lines, and when I say continual, there's like two of them, where they keep saying, this is what we did to Godzilla, this is our fault, things like that. Like, we've awakened him, We've. I'm extrapolating yeah. from the trailer here. That really confused me. So I was like, okay, so Japan has to do something to Godzilla to waking him up. That that's my mm. my belief there. So that's In saying that, that's interesting because if you remember when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor during yes. World War Two, what the uh, whoever the leader of the Japanese forces was. Yes. You might know better than I do. I can't no, remember. I can't his remember name. their name, but yeah. He said that they have awoken a sleeping giant in provoking America. Mm. And they were actually right there. That was their undoing. Because yeah. America wasn't involved in World War II, really, until they were provoked by Japan. So, I could see a similar allegory here with your plot. Yeah. So, originally, I was like, oh, maybe- Look at us getting all, like, yes. <laughs> intellectual <laughs> with our Godzilla plots. It's padding, Kieran. It's padding. Yes. But, like, originally, I thought, oh, maybe US bombs, like, it's sort of a Hiroshima-type situation, then Godzilla wakes up. But I really think, for this movie, it needs to be Japan that wakes Godzilla up. So, mm, mm. I have- on the way over to the studio today, completely changed my mind on the opening of this movie. Okay. I originally had a slower opening, but I think how it's going to start is we're going to have a, a sort of island just off the coast of Japan, uh, maybe sort of towards the Pacific Island area. Don't ask me. Specific sea, sorry. Pacific Ocean. <laughs> the specific area. ocean. The specific ocean. There's a specific ocean where there's an island. Um, but don't ask me where, but just a just nondescript island that's uh, off the coast of Japan. There are going to be sort of- Well, there's plenty of those. US people sort of still present there. Okay. It's sort of afterwards. It's taking place after 19- It's taking place at 1945, my movie. Okay. It's going so to be- Literally a, right after the bombing. Yep. And okay. the other thing as well, just on a sidebar that I really struggled with, is trying to incorporate historic events into this movie, okay. which I found very hard. So, I'm going to sort of fictionalize so a lot of it. So, from Godzilla's point of view, it's going to be black and white. And then from the human's <laughs> point of view, it's going to be in color. Funny you should say that because it's interesting that we're covering- a movie that's about the effects of well, nuclear war, atomic war, after like Oppenheimer, which had a very different spin on the whole thing. I guess so. Yeah. It's almost like a reaction of that movie. Not not yeah. directly, but do you know what I mean? Like Oppenheimer was about the guy who built the bomb, but they didn't really go into the effects of the bomb. And this movie Oh, yeah, it's the other about, way around. Yeah, this movie's about the effects so of the bomb. So we're seeing what we didn't see in Oppenheimer. So the <laughs> thing that we didn't see in Oppenheimer was that Godzilla was involved. Cillian Murphy awakened Godzilla. Yes. All right. Keep going there with your go. plot. So, so, got a village. Village has got military, uh, US military people. They're ready to leave because the war is over. Yep. Japanese bomber comes along. 
decides they wow. want to blow up. <laughs> go with me. They want to blow up, uh, you know, the remaining US troops. Well, Narsal. Yep. Well, uh, he's one of the uh, guys who doesn't realize the war's over. <laughs> well, actually, uh, retroacting it again, I'm going to say they're on the ships heading out. There's a bomber that comes in. Okay. Drops the bomb. There's a village that's looking at what's happening. Bomb goes off, but because it hits the ocean, it awakens. Da, 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 da. That's my Godzilla theme, by the way. So Godzilla will waken up, cause havoc, go into the village, tear shit apart. Okay. Bang. That's our opening. Now we'll go so This in- is like a, a, a Pacific Island village. Yes. Okay. With people watching and they're like, oh shit, here comes Godzilla. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So that way I can tie in the fact that the Japanese military- Directly awoken Godzilla. Okay. Pissed him off. and By if- bombing some American uh, warships. Yes. Presumably so. Yes. With a regular bomb, obviously. With a regular they, they bomb. They don't have a nuke. Yeah, no. They didn't make one that fast. <laughs> uh, and anyway, so now we get to the rest of my plot. So I'm going to say, again, I mentioned uh, World War II has ended. Koichi and the remaining surviving Japanese soldiers are returning home. Oh, so he's a soldier in your plot already. He is a soldier already. Oh, yeah. okay. I played with the idea that maybe he was... I keep saying he. I keep wanting to say he's a really young guy. He's our age, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I kind of wanted to play with the. I played with the idea that maybe he wasn't a soldier and then went off to battle because all the other soldiers were dead or wounded or whatever. But no, I think he's going to be a returning soldier. Okay. Uh, he's going to return with other soldiers, and we're going to see the injuries that other soldiers have. So people limping, yeah. people bandaged up. But the main. So that's thing- why he's got the bandage on his head. He doesn't have that yet. Okay. But uh, they're coming off the boats, and we're going to see everyone look somber, depressed. Some yeah. of them embrace their loved ones. We're seeing directly the effects of war of the returning soldiers. Ah, oh, very nice. Uh, and now uh, Koichi is on a bus. He looks out the window and sees the effects of war that it has on the country. Everyone looks kind of desperate. Right, so like there's buildings that have been leveled. Yes. You might see some of the, the leftover areas, which would be uninhabitable and unapproachable, by the way. Nagasaki or uh, mm. Hiroshima. If he's in Japan, he'd be nowhere near those cities. No, no, no. He's not in those cities, but he's but like- still. But he, yeah, people like there sitting were, on- There were regular bombings as well. Sitting on the streets. People's homes are, you know, dilapidated levels. People looking poor. Like, so people like, looking poverty. It's like the third man. The opening of the third man where we go to post-war Germany in the- uh, I think it was the early 50s. And we mm-hmm. just see throughout the movie, just casually in the background, those, bu- those buildings that have just been decimated and never repaired. Yes. And this movie is going to be just as good as the third man. <laughs> just as good. So I believe at this point we're going to be introduced to uh, Shiro. Yep. And only briefly. And I'm going to say he is a police officer and he's kind of directing traffic. Oh, okay. Very nice. That's what I wanted to insert him as. Uh, So as the soldiers are returning home, he's kind of just sort of directing traffic there. So Koichi- He's he's one of those police officers with the white gloves, with the whistle. He's going like (laughs) beep, beep, beep. And then like (laughs) directing them in place of traffic lights. That's right. That's right. So Koichi's reunited with his wife, Noriko. Uh, and he's sitting at the table deep in thought and, Nor- and Noriko tells him that the phone has rung with tears in her eyes. She tells him he's been called back into duty. Okay, interesting. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why indeed. Now we're going to switch to a meeting where there's a bunch of generals and people in lab coats that we see in the trailer. They're all yeah. around discussing. And I think and I think Yuji is going to be one of these people. Yuji is going to address a group of people and tell them that... Um, Nuclear testing has awoken a great power, and he'll show a video that was sort of like an American video. Um, okay. It's going to show sort of footage of- I think it's Yoji, by the way. Is it Yoji? Yeah, Yoji. Yeah. And it's going to show footage of what was supposed to be the testing, but then pictures of Godzilla and what Godzilla okay. is doing and things like that. So, so th- this is US intelligence. That yes. They've somehow 
got their hands on. Yes. Okay. Yep. So then they decide, well, they need to head out and investigate. So they're going to go out in the Navy. And that is where Koichi himself goes as well. Oh, boy. So they go out into the ocean. Yep. Koichi and the other soldiers go into the island that we saw at the start of the movie and see it's completely dilapidated, completely destroyed. Decimated. Yeah. Decimated. They see sort of dead bodies lying in the streets, etc., etc. So okay. a surviving woman, not his mother in this plot, in my plot. Okay. So uh, Sakura is a survivor on this island. Yes. Okay. Yes, she is. So she comes up to Koichi and sort of says that, Calls him a disgrace. Okay, I see. I believe- Look at I, these completely different contexts. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. I believe the disgrace aspect is because he's a soldier, he surrendered or he didn't fight for his country or something like that. But she'll okay. sort of relay that uh, a great evil has awoken. That is my stretch here. That's my stretch. So why is she saying he's a disgrace? Because he didn't fight for his- But he's a soldier. He came back. He did fight for his country. Maybe I think maybe I, he's a disgrace because he was involved in the war. And she's I think like, That's she's pinning every soldier as a disgrace because the soldiers in the military left her people to die. Oh, okay, they threw right. the bomb on them as well, and they caused yeah. all this chaos. Okay, fair so enough. That's that's what I'm going with. So. They're out in the water. They're sort of figuring out what's going on. They're trying to detect it. Godzilla yeah. appears in his little head, like we're like like a child in a bathtub. You know, where you put <laughs> his head just pops out. Pops out. Just destroys destroys all these boats. Carves everything up. Koichi's on. Suddenly the- reminded of Godzilla versus Kong, where that also <laughs> happened. Koichi's seeing it on the on the island. He's like, "Oh my god, what the hell's happening here?" I, I think that they're going to try to. They'll get into boats and they'll leave, and they'll inadvertently lead Godzilla back to Tokyo. Okay. So again, so they draw him back to Tokyo yeah. w- while they're fleeing in there. Not, not, not intentionally, but because yeah, they're fleeing, Godzilla follows. Okay. Them. Yeah. So Godzilla is annoyed with the you know destruction. He wants to kill things, and he's following the boat yeah, to yeah. where they're going. So please apply the same rules that uh, you asked for in your plot by just yeah. uh, just just imagining the runtime kind of expands yeah. a little bit. We're more. doing enough padding as it is. <laughs> Then what it is. So, Godzilla comes into Tokyo and just kind of wreaks havoc. And all of our characters are going to have their moments of fleeing. Koichi is going to reunite with Noriko. Uh, Shiro is going to try to do his best to kind of- Be involved in the plot. Be involved in the plot, help people out. But ultimately, everybody in this movie- they're going to be victims. They're going to be yeah. people that are just reacting to the carnage of Godzilla. A lot of them are like military people that are trying to do their best to help other people. But all all they'll do is just try to survive, try to flee, try to move, try to duck out of debris, things yeah. like that. Godzilla's going to tear everything up, destroy things. And I think there'll be a point where the military attempts to bomb Godzilla. Now, because- okay. With what? Because it wouldn't be the Japanese military. I believe it's going to be the American military who yep. somehow figure out what's going on. So, so they, they saw Shin Godzilla and they're like, let's do that. <laughs> let's do again. that. And they blow you up. You know, I originally had this in my plot as well. <laughs> it's it's the only way I could figure it out. So, so gonna- they drop a nuke on Godzilla or at least next to Godzilla yes. is what you're saying in the middle of Tokyo. Yes. And and they, they, they drop a nuke on Godzilla. Another allegory as well. Everyone's trying to flee, not just from Godzilla, but from the nuke as well. Yep. You know, it's- it's not a good thing because it's going to kill so many people. But yeah, and it's a third city in the same year that's city. being destroyed by a nuclear bomb. Nuke gets dropped. Godzilla is wounded but doesn't die. He just kind of walks out into the water and sort of disappears. So okay. we're left with that sort of, did we win? Did we not win? And all of our And Matty heroes- D does remember that Godzilla is actually supercharged by a nuclear bomb, so oh, it yeah. wouldn't affect him at all. So changing that. 
He gets supercharged. He starts. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He starts <laughs> using his breath, atomic breath, to like level the land. This happened in Shin Godzilla. By um, like. I'm going to say then that after enough destruction has been done, Godzilla on his own terms will just go out. That's what I said too. And and sort of disappear. And our characters, and much like your plot, but I don't see it ending any other way, are just going to be left with the dilapidated ruins of their city. So the bomb obviously, as we've retconned in your plot, mm-hmm. was completely ineffective in hurting Godzilla, but it just destroyed another city. Yeah. And that's what they're left with. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Ultimately- the message is, war sucks. War. Yeah. war sucks. Yeah. Uh, that is the best I could come up with. I had several different openings, endings, but I'm so I glad. Have no idea. I'm so glad I completely rewrote my plot because we would have had identical plots. Oh, otherwise. really? Yeah. So you had what I originally had as my first draft, and then I went back and corrected it to what I have now. Yeah. So we uh, we initially had the exact same idea in our heads. Well, I'm, I'm trying to play it safe, but I don't know if you can play it safe with a movie like this with little information that we have. Yeah, exactly. I it's, don't know. You can't play it safe when there's nothing to grab onto. <laughs> yes. We're like in the middle of the ocean. We've got nothing to grasp yeah. onto. We're just uh, treading water until we eventually drown. Yeah. Or are pulled under by Godzilla. So that's literally how we are with our plots. So the whole reason that I think it's good that we have completely different plots <laughs> with completely different contexts is that means one of us has a better chance at being right. Maybe, unless we're both completely wrong, yes. which I could definitely see. Yes, it could be a real Kingsman scenario, <laughs> if you remember that. But this movie does look good. It does look better it, it than the Kingsman. It does look good. So even though that. it may sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, which I do. It's and even not- though we're both frustrated in that we can't yeah. really like get a, a real beat on what this movie is going to be. If it's going to impress us and if we're going to be surprised by the movie, that can only be a good yeah. thing. It's not reflective of my expectations. I, yes. I am expecting this to be a good movie. It looks like a good movie. I just have no idea what's going to happen, which is kind of a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of refreshing that That's we have something like this. what I have like to this. keep telling myself over and over again. It's just like- <laughs> While you're punching this, the wall- yeah. The best part about this whole ordeal is that I can go into the movie pretty much spoiler free and enjoy it for what it is rather than going like, oh, and this is this beat here. This is that beat here. This is that beat there. Because we don't know what the beats of the movie are going to be. And and then when the movie comes out, it'll open in 2023. They'll develop a time travel device. They'll go in and they'll travel back in time to 1945. Yeah, maybe. We'll be like, oh, damn. (laughs) Maybe it'll be a real Indiana Jones scenario there. But uh, anyway. Let's wrap it up for this week. So, do you, the dear listener, have any idea of what's going to happen in Godzilla Minus One? You're one up on us if you do. (laughs) So, please let us know your thoughts. Let us know what rumours you've heard. We'd love to hear some rumours. No spoilers, thank you. I don't think there are actually any spoilers out there. They've been pretty good at uh, keeping everything under wraps. Too good, I'd say. (laughs) We can't work this thing out. But yeah, if you've heard anything that we've missed, if you're spotting things in the trailer that we've overlooked, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can just leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site on the Godzilla Minus One page. <laughs> Congratulate us on 250 episodes, because we've worked our ass up to get to this number. <laughs> but yeah, that was Godzilla Minus One, or at least what we think is going to happen in it. Looking forward to seeing the movie in like two months. <laughs> When they finally release it into the Western world. Hey, man, it'll be a good movie to watch on the big screen. It certainly will, if we can. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to, but uh, if we can do it, let's do it. We've seen every other Godzilla movie that we've covered on this show in cinemas, so it'll be a good time. They're always good value in the cinema anyway. Yes, they are. I heard that they're showing the movie on like this screen that like wraps around the whole theatre. 
Like you look to the left, you look to the right, and there's screens on uh, oh, three really? sides. Yeah, like it's like a curved screen. Yeah, obviously we don't have those here in Sydney, but you know, in some places you know, around the world, they have this like curved screen that goes right up to like the back wall of the cinema. Oh wow! And so it's almost like a full 180 view of the movie. Oh wow! And that's what they're presenting this movie. In, that would in be Japan, intense. I think. Yeah, it would be crazy. You'd have to film the movie with that in mind. So it'd be even more difficult for the filmmakers. But like I said, I think they did that with the other legendary pictures Godzilla movies. And it's like a really sort of, I guess, immersive experience where like, you know, you got chaos on your left, chaos on the right. And here I am stuck in the middle with you. (laughs) But yeah, that sounds like it'd be an interesting experience. But yes, let us know as well if you're excited for the movie. Now, before we go, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. And, of course, it's another installment of actual spoilers. And I love that we had, the, like, the whole analogy of, like, the horrors of uh, nuclear war, World War Two. Your snarkiness will not rain on my parade, sir. <laughs> because next week we're looking at a movie that's just as important in the pantheon of, like, anti-war movies. The Eternals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Eternals. Which is going to be a very interesting conversation because it's one of Matty D's favourite superhero <laughs> movies of all time. I wouldn't go that far, but I liked it. And I think it's my least favourite superhero movie of all time. So, anytime The Eternals gets brought up in personal conversation, a mm. fight nearly happens. Yes. And we always, because we're good-natured people, we yes. always just like, you know, turn the other cheek and just let it go. This episode coming up may end up in a fight. Yes. It's going to be a real <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine situation. <laughs> Because it's the exact same circumstances yes. as that movie. <laughs> and this very rarely happens for us on this show because usually we're like have pretty similar opinions on mm-hmm. the movies we watch. Usually we can like judge if they're really bad movies or or not. But or, uh, or we can understand if the other person sort of like what they like about that movie yeah. or don't like. So Well, you did say that one of the reasons you liked the movie so much is because you knew I didn't like it. So. <laughs> be interesting to get your actual joy. take on the movie. And uh, it'll be interesting to rewatch it after two years. Maybe my opinions will have changed. Maybe, Maybe. I'll come round to it and be like, actually, I've seen Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This you doesn't have look seen so bad. other. You have seen other movies that might make this movie look better. I can't think of any, but you might be right. Halloween ends. We're talking superhero movies. Oh, here. okay. <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> But yeah, oh well, it's going to be an interesting conversation next week, so please join us for that. And until then, we'll see you next time. Copyright laws, it's not. Still, we should run like it is, Godzilla! Though it isn't. <laughs>